Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. This will be a sports entertainment podcast, and this will be a cumulative fed podcast as we will discuss Raw, SmackDown. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on in general. What is the Federation, what is the WWE trying to accomplish in general, and then we'll get into the specific shows. The job of Raw right now is to make Big E a legitimate champion, and they've done a very good job of building that, and they're trying to build that further by giving him the duo of Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens to combat him, either separately or together, of course. Looks like they're going to be separate as they continue to fight each other. However, we'll see how that goes, and we'll get into Raw in a minute. The job of SmackDown is very different in that Roman is established and no one believes he's ever going to lose. So how do we make him look vulnerable? Well, currently, the way they're doing that, it's odd because they didn't do much with Woods last week. But, you know, He had this huge run up until, and you think that, well, he'll be dealing with Roman post-Survivor Series. He'll probably win Survivor Series. Well, when he doesn't win Survivor Series, and they don't do much with him. And this episode wound up being Roman trying to find anyone that can be competitive against him. And they had this 20-man battle royal. We'll get into that more later. It's also about trying to figure out how to get Lesnar back involved so that we can believe that Roman is somehow vulnerable. Okay, going into the specific episodes, Raw, Becky's job, the champion there, her job is to build the division up by making them look formidable. She's got the task of making Liv Morgan look formidable, which they have they didn't do her any favors by not having Liv look all that great heading into this program. It's just kind of an out of the blue type thing, right? All of a sudden she's in a program with Becky, which is fine as long as Becky can legitimize her, which is going to be her job probably until Bianca gets another shot and puts her away. The other show, Charlotte has the same job and she's been tasked to do such with Tony Storm. Now what will be interesting by the two shows is how do we, comparison contrast, how do these two stars, who we know have animosity with each other, help to create the future for their divisions? That's an interesting thing to me. And that's what we'll get into as we go through a little bit, but we'll also talk about the specifics of each show as well. Raw begins with tons of highlights. A lot of the show here is highlights. They'll do this periodically after they have a main event on the network where you have supposedly the finishing of programs, which it never really is. And we get, like I said, of the three hours of the show, man, a bunch of it was just highlights of survivor series, which is fine. And because Seth was the winner and they dominated survivor series, it made more sense in, in contra. But by the same token, if you watch the show, you probably watch survivor series. So it's a lot of junk. Another huge part of the show was chasing of this incredibly expensive egg, which they turn into a storyline as whomever finds the egg or finds who stole the egg gets a shot supposedly at the world champ Biggie at the end of the show. We'll just run right through how that works out. Sammy Zayn is here because both rosters are supposed to be here for this, which Roman wasn't there. Anyway, Zane winds up promising that he'll find the guy. He has interaction with, with Vince McMahon, which is 
spot on. I remember a few weeks ago, Roman said, Zayn is the kind of guy we really need to be utilizing. And here we see on both Raw and SmackDown, they do utilize Sammy's uh, ability to be irritating and ability to needle works really well in these scenarios, especially with a guy like Vince who really can't stand people like Sammy. And they play off each other very well. It works. Sammy runs off and finds out who, who stole the egg. It's, it's Austin Theory who took it in order to get selfies, which again, this is all absurd. Sonya, Scrap Daddy Pierce, Sammy turn in Austin Theory. In theory, this would give Sammy the shot at the title, but Vince ain't about to give Sammy a shot at the title. So we wind up with one Austin Theory getting rewarded for having stolen the egg because all he wanted was a selfie. And not only does he get a shot at Big E for the championship, he also gets a selfie with one Vincent Kennedy McMahon, much to the chagrin of one Sami Zayn, which will play out further on SmackDown. Now getting into some of the, we'll get into the main event here towards the end of this conversation. We had Becky Lynch go to the ring and kind of blast the crowd. She talks about how she beat, Charlotte and everybody knew she'd be Charlotte, blah, blah, blah. She also kind of blasts the crowd for not respecting the women's division and how fickle they are because they say they want new stuff. They want new contenders. They want a future to be, to be presented to them and to build towards that. And yet when you had this survivor series match with the future of the division in the ring, they chanted, different stuff they threw they threw balls around they did all kind of what they didn't do is pay attention to the match and it was a neat way to have your heel champion belittle the crowd and build up the division because the crowd is being told that they're what's wrong not i'm what's wrong and yet then she goes back into trying to belittle live and then backstage she tries to go down that same street she mentions that live's friends are no longer here obviously alluding to Ruby Soho being gone, which leads to Liv dropping her with a right, which was cool. And that'll be a contrast to what we hear on SmackDown when Charlotte winds up getting into it with Tony. Now we'll move further into the division as Bianca comes to the ring, has a strong promo segment and then a strong match with Tamina, again, Tamina's a larger competitor, so she's able to showcase her strength and power. Like I said, they, I, to me, they are really presenting her as a John Cena style of, of competitor. And I, hey, it worked for Cena. You know, if you can move merch like Cena, you'll be rich for a long time. And she's got that. She's a completely different character. I, I'm talking about the in-ring presentation of her power. She's obviously so over the top, uh, exuding joy the way she is and even when she wants to fight it feels like she's bringing us along for the ride and then we do have the dewdrop moment where dewdrop to me is backing away and dewdrop catches her from behind dives on top of her puts her down and then walks away and so we're going to get a program here between dewdrop and bianca they've been alluding to it they've been kind of going back and forth here I like it a little bit because I want to see, can Bianca carry a program, help build somebody that we don't know a lot about as we've spent some time with Dewdrop, but having her in a solo scenario 
with a big time competitor. Let's see if she can be on this level. Let's see if Bianca can be on this level without a title involved. This could be important for both of them and the women's division as a whole if it can become interesting. The mean queens, Mella and Zelina, wind up getting finally getting their championship match with Nikki and Rhea Ripley, as they have been alluding to Nikki's inability to help Rhea and Rhea being the one who's carrying this thing. This was a good matchup. It was a good match. We had the mean queens go over. I, we have, you know, we've had Nikki on the superhero arc and then she loses and, but she still winds up getting into a thing with Rhea and she gets another title. And we see what we've done is we've created Ripley as this happy go lucky character, which none of us expected to happen. But what are we going to do about the fact that now Nikki is in the doldrums? How does this hero come around? I know a lot of people, it's a childlike character. We wonder, you know, how long will they stick with that? Will we take Nikki and try to let her blow up into something mean? Or will we let her continue this hero journey and get back at least to the upper mid-card level and have some of these good matches? Ripley at some point gets back into the main event singles picture. I don't know if that's before. I guess it's before Bianca winds up getting another shot because I feel like Bianca's next shot is a title winner. I would guess that we wind up going... Ripley Becky fairly soon because I, I I just can't see Bianca Belair not being on WrestleMania as a main event. I can't I don't see how they do that. How she's not wrestling for the title at WrestleMania. So I assume we get into 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 Rhea Ripley fairly soon. We'll see how that goes though. Dana Brooke wins the twenty four seven title. I I don't know what to tell you about that. I do know. That for whatever reason, they continually give Dana Brooke a chance to recreate herself. Giving her this belt here, I don't know. Maybe she gets to keep it for a little while. She gets to be in something. Tough to create Dana as a competitor in the women's division, but it does look as if they're trying. Or maybe this is the kiss of death before she gets sent away. I don't know. But I do know they, they for whatever reason, they like Dana Brooke. Because she constantly gets a chance to recreate herself. And here's another shot, the 24-7 title. She'll be dealing with stuff backstage. It will give her a shot to give us some of her personality. Uh, what wound up happening was you had Reggie in a match with Cedric Alexander. It doesn't work out. He loses. And then Dana comes in as the, the craziness ensues, and she gets the belt. And once she gets the championship, all of these 24-7 people, you know, the handful of people that are in the ring, Look completely baffled as to what are we going to do? What should we do? Should we jump her? Should we beat her up? They leave her alone. Next week, they probably won't. We'll see where that goes. Do they put other women in this? I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of... I did enjoy a little bit of the Reggie run. I like the fact that 24-7 title is getting defended in the ring sometimes instead of just constantly running through the ring while other people are having matches. That kind of got... An, that, that was fine every now and then, but... But moderation is not what the WWE does exactly does incredibly well. Men's wrestling on Raw was a bit of a mess as we had Orton continuing to uh, well Riddle continuing to morph into Randy Orton as he paints uh, or puts on a fake beard and goatee and goes out and wrestles Dolph again in his uh, RKO persona. He gets the win in that way. It's, I guess this is fine. 
it confuses me a little bit, but hey, who am I to judge, right? I don't love it. We'll put it that way. I don't love it, and they're supposed to be the champs and all that, or so. I just, I just don't love it. Main event contender to the main event picture, Bobby Lashley, is wrestling both Mysterios as he's been feuding with them. And I thought for a second we were going to get something unique, which is the two men beating the one man. But that is not what we got. We got the same old, same old as Lashley goes over them. I hate this crap. I hate this. We've taken the tag. We have a tag team division right now where your champs are imi- where one of your champs is imitating the other champ in solo matches and the Mysterios who are supposedly a tag team are getting whooped by one guy. And you know, the Street Profits used a fire extinguisher to beat Amos. What are we doing? They didn't beat him. They just kept him from beating him up. They you know they get DQ'd so they don't get a win. I mean, I I just I don't get it. I don't get what we're doing. You know, a month ago, I thought, hey, they're finally starting to dig into the tag team division a little bit. Look at these guys we have here in this division. We have two of the greatest wrestlers of all time in Orton and AJ. We have this monster in Amos who I think Taker said he was the closest thing to the Andre the Giant the WWE's created. Then you have this mess with it. You have Street Profits, one of the great tag teams going. So I, I get it. It's sports entertainment. I get it. But it ain't my thing. We'll put it that way. It ain't my thing. Now, Sammy, we're going to go back to the egg and the title match and all of that. Well, like I said earlier, you had Sammy frustrated with Vince because Vince wouldn't give him his shot. So he says, I'm not going home alone. And as Apollo and Damian Priest are chewing each other out in the middle of the ring because Priest's next program will be Apollo, Sammy comes out. I'm not going home alone. By golly, I'm going to wrestle you, Damian Priest, for your belt. And, of course, he loses Again, though, Sammy's a huge part of this show. He gets a title match against the, the guy they love. Priest gets to kind of tell his story as he flips the script and becomes mean here in the middle of it again, which he's done a couple of times now. I don't hate where Priest is going with this. I love the fact that Priest is going into a thing with Apollo. I like that Priest had to defend against Sammy. I love that Sammy's 15, 17 minutes worth of this show. Anytime I can get Sammy's on my television set, I freaking love it. Moving into the, what happened in the main event picture, though. Main event picture. Biggie, Seth, Kevin Owens, Austin Theory. Seth starts out with Austin Theory's in the main event picture for tonight. Finn Balor's involved in all this. Seth's supposed to have a match with Finn. Seth comes out looking like uh, if Craven the Hunter was going to the club. And he hits the ring and he lets us know he dominated Survivor Series. And how much... Raw owes him for that performance and how he deserves the shot at Big E and how Finn and all these other guys just weren't up to the task. And luckily he was there to save them. Finn's music hits. They're supposed to have a match. Seth has been interrupted. Interesting sidebar. The crowd did sing Seth's intro. Heels are different nowadays. The crowd loves it when he comes out. It works. They still boo at all the right times. It still works. It makes the show more enjoyable. Finn comes down. Seth's pissed he's been interrupted. They, Seth jumps him. Finn fights back. Blah, blah, blah. Seth winds up getting him a stomp. All that's cool. Very secondary to what happens next. Unscripted. Seth is walking up the ramp. And random fan comes running and runs through Seth. 
who did never saw him coming. Seth lands. He's got the guy kind of sort of in a headlock, and either the guy pulls out of the headlock or Seth realizes the ref's there and lets go and slides out the back door. Here is where wrestling has changed a lot. At this moment in time, the wrestler normally would begin kicking the person on the ground. Or once Seth had got him into a headlock, he would have tried to work for an advantage to beat the guy up. We all remember... Well, most wrestling fans, a lot of wrestling fans, remember when Stone Cold had the fan jump in the ring during a match with Hunter, and Hunter, as Stone Cold said, saved me because I was working face. I couldn't really jump the fan right there, and Hunter jumps the guy and just pummels him. And then the referee's kicking him. But this was a house show, which is a little different than television anyway. But what Seth does here is he's a consummate professional, and he yells and screams, but lets security handle the job. Chavo Guerrero, a couple of old-timers, say, remember when... The wrestlers were tougher than the fans. Okay, tough guy. It's cool. I understand that you came up in an era where that guy would have got his head kicked in. Seth did the right thing, did the right thing, both from a legal standpoint for the company. He did the right thing for the guy who, who knows what that kid, what got that kid to thinking this, that, you know, rumors, he got catfished into thinking he had a problem with Seth. We don't know what state that guy's in. You know, I do honestly think that we've given this a little. I would prefer wrestling media would cover these type of things without posting anything. This guy says his names, his places, anything like that. He shouldn't get popularity or fame or Twitter fame for this type of thing. This shouldn't benefit him in any way, which it will. Other than the fact that I guess the WWE is going to prosecute him to the full extent of the law, which can't be cheap in New York. Anyway, so we'll move on to what happens next. Because I think it's important to tell you more about Seth and tell you a little bit about uh, the show. Because as we get to the main event of the evening, we have Austin Theory and Biggie facing each other. And Seth comes out dressed to the nines in some fort some form of a plaid suit coat over the top. And he mocks the world by looking both ways to find out if there is an attacker at hand and cackling. When he gets down there, Kevin Owens comes out. Seth is not happy with Kevin there. Interesting thing here was neither man put the headsets on and did commentary, which allowed for them to yell at each other without completely taking away from the commentary of the match. Austin Theory gives a great performance. He is continually proving that in the ring he's ready for prime time. Kevin Owens and Seth keep going back and forth on the side, but we do get to focus a lot on a lot on the action. When Biggie is out of the ring, he kind of looks at Seth, blah, 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 trying to get back into the ring. Seth grabs the leg and gives Austin the opportunity to get a a chance three count as he hits his move on Big E because of the Seth grabbing the leg as E is run walking into the ring. As the referee is going for the three count, we get Kevin Owens throwing Seth into the ring, breaking up the three count. Seth jumps, which was really bad camera work, by the way. That was probably a really cool spot that they messed up by not having the camera on it because all we saw was Seth getting out of the ring, which was a little frustrating, but whatever. Then Big E, of course, stands. There's a little back and forth. Austin winds up getting distracted as he's wondering what Seth, why Seth would try to break up the count when Seth almost handed him to victory. Big ending 
One, two, three, finish like we all knew would happen. Biggie knows what's going on outside, and he knows who his problems are really with, and he attacks both Seth and Owens. Owens runs for higher ground. Seth, who was attacked earlier in the show by random fan, now plays the, the Disney villain as he is as he gets put up in the big ending. He's literally acting like he's trying to swim away from the guy, kicking both feet and arms. <laughs> Gets the big ending hit on him, rolls away from the ring. And look, I get it if you like your wrestling guys being tough guys. I get it. But that's not Seth's role to be a tough guy. And Seth may not be the hero you want, but he is absolutely right now on on Raw. He's absolutely right now on Raw, the villain you need. He handled it like a pro when somebody came in and attacked he went back out, and not only did he not get on his bus and hide when it was over, which, hey, nobody would have blamed him. Becky's on the bus. The baby's on the bus. Go to your safe place and hang. Instead, he got on the bus. He put on his suit. He went right back down. He went out there and he did his job. And he did his job impeccably. He played the Disney villain. He allowed the crowd to make fun of him and laugh at him. That's what, that's what, that's what you do. You go to work. When things go weird, you keep going to work. Let's do it. Now, SmackDown, what happened? As always, SmackDown was a Roman-centric show. We'll get to that a little bit more as we go through later. The Battle Royal, they wind up setting up 20-man Battle Royal for a shot at Roman next week. And I would basically call this SmackDown episode the Revenge of Kayla. But we will get to that later. Charlotte, Tony segment. Here's kind of the weird part, the strange things to me is Tony must be on her hero's journey. Charlotte comes out. She belittles the fact that Becky had to cheat to win. She belittles the refereeing in the company. And then she also begins to belittle her competition as Tony Storm comes out and says, everything happened, correctly points out. Everything happened at the Survivor Series match exactly like I predicted, Charlotte. Your ego got the best of you like it always does. Becky was in your head. She beat you. And here we go. This is going to happen like I promised. I'm taking you out. They have a little back and forth. It goes fine. Charlotte rolls out of the ring. Tony eats a pie. Then Tony eats another pie. So we have two completely different beginnings to these ways of trying to build the hero journey of Liv Morgan and or Tony Storm, right, on the shows. Because Liv Morgan's hero journey begins with her punching Becky in the face. Tony's hero's journey begins with her eating two pieces, eating two entire pies to the face. Can both of these styles work? Yes, absolutely. Becky can still win and Liv be formidable and Liv be kind of a made woman after this feud. It can happen. It's a little harder when Tony winds up having highlights of her with pie in her face. She'll have to, at some point, give Charlotte some form of a comeuppance, you know. Zia Lee gets her comic book section two. The story here more, I hate the bullies. Zia is going to be some form of a ferocious baby face here. Love it. I love the, the, whoever they're getting to do these graphic novel style vignettes is amazing. I loved all this. 
We get the furthering down the road of Naomi versus Sonya Deville as Sasha Banks wants Sonya Deville to change the results because, which is such a babyface move, right? I get kicked out, so I don't want to be the I don't want to be the captain anymore because my team kicked me out. It's not really fair. So would you please change the results? And Sonya's like, no, we don't change results, which is absolutely not a heel move considering she's in charge. Come on, guys. Eventually, Sonya winds up saying, uh, that makes me the boss, which gets under Sasha's a little more because Sasha had decided to start saying, hey, you know, Naomi is what matters around here, blah, blah, blah. Then we get a Sasha, Naomi, Shayna Baszler, Natty match. I thought it was well done. I thought the match went good. Naomi gets the dub. Sonya Deville had to sit and endure a beating, a verbal beating at the hands of Pat McAfee throughout the whole thing. (laughs) She is doing great as the heel boss. She had to act as if she was cool with Naomi winning. All of this will get better. I see us building Naomi towards Charlotte, and I think we're doing a good job of it. This is another version of the hero's journey. And she's having to deal with management. We have seen this all the way back to the, you know, management doesn't want me to win. The famous one, of course, being Stone Cold and Vince McMahon. Because it was a battle royal, I'm not 100% sure how important it was that Drew McIntyre and Hardy uh, wrestled Matt Cat Moss and Happy Corbin and won. And I don't know that it matters that Boogs and Boogs wrestled Angel Garza. And I thought that was fine. And... Garza winds up going over after they have another uh, spot with uh, what is it? Umberto knew how to play guitar, standing on top of a table with all kind of food on it, and Shinsuke puts him on the you know knocks him over on t- into the food and all that. It's fine, but the distraction leads to Boogs losing. I don't know if that's important. Here's what wind up being important: we'll go into the as we call it the island of relevancy. Kayla is saying there are rumors. It's the beginning of the show. Kayla's there are rumors Brock Lesnar's coming out. The suspension may be being lifted soon. Not coming out tonight, but maybe coming out. Roman's music hits. Paul belittles her a great deal. Says, from what I understand, you better have evidence of Lesnar one way or the other confirmation, or you may be getting fired. Or at least that's what I'm pushing for. That turns into her searching for evidence, talking with Scrap Daddy Pierce, who says, if it's up to me, that ain't happening. Got it. If it's up to Scrap Daddy Pierce, it ain't happening. He alludes to the fact that he's had a mental, (laughs) he's had to go to a psychiatrist because of what Brock had made him endure. Goodness gracious. That, of course, we get this battle royal. The Battle Royal turns into Jeff Hardy, who has been getting a renewed sense of importance in the company. He was almost the winner of Survivor Series before Seth winds up winning. And then he is in his hometown. He just won a match with his Swanton earlier in the evening. Everything is pointing towards one Jeff Hardy getting that title shot next week. He's in his hometown. He winds up winning the Battle Royal. But at least we think Sammy had slid out the bottom row in the middle of the match, hid, and he winds up winning. So Sammy gets his moment in the sun, of course. 
No one can take this moment away from him. He will get his title match. We cut to Roman Reigns, who is incredibly happy that amused would be the right word of his new challenger. Again, both in the fact that like on screen, there's no way Sammy can beat him. And behind the scenes, who's the guy that told everybody we need to get Sammy involved in as much stuff as possible? Roman. So he's loving this moment, both in kayfabe and in real life. He loves this moment. Kayla comes in to interview him. Holy cow, right as the interview is getting started, she's getting an update. Lesnar's suspension is being lifted, much to Mr. Scrap Daddy's chagrin, much to Roman's chagrin, much to Paul's chagrin. Paul, who has been loving the fact that, that Brock isn't around, has been loving the fact that he can belittle Kayla, has been loving the fact that he is back in the good graces of the bloodline, all of the sudden now, all eyes, especially two sets of eyes in the Usos and one set of eyes in Roman Reigns are directly at him as we cut to credits because Paul should have known what was going to happen here and he didn't. So once again, he will be in trouble. It looks like we're getting into something with Lesnar. I kind of get it. Hey, guys, behind the scenes, because I have nothing to do with it, I I keep rooting for Walter to show up. That's what I want. I want Walter on the SmackDown. I want a Walter Roman Reigns feud. I'm not getting it yet, but I'm going to keep speaking out this positive energy into the universe, into the universe until it happens. Walter, SmackDown, heading into the Rumble. That's what I want. That's what I want. I feel like that's what I deserve. I really do feel like that's what I deserve. I think that's what we all deserve. Because that would give us the formidable opponent. And if they want to continue that going into Mania, cool. Or if, of course, what what they hope is that somehow they can negotiate a deal with The Rock to come out and wrestle Roman. Interesting in that in Roman's promo, he said, you know, when I, I'm the greatest of all time. When I hang it up, which may be sooner rather than later, which I'm sure made WWE officials cringe. I'm sure it made one Tony Khan ear perk up. I'm sure that it was Roman strictly stirring a pot that needs to be stirred whenever he can. So on that note, this is a Go Home Heat production, copyright 2021. Check out our friends at the Game Project, Project.com. Check out our friends at the Daily Smart, Smart your one-stop shop. For all things pro wrestling, check out their videos, check out their specific sections for each wrestling company as they take articles that are printed by different wrestling reporters, different wrestling mags, different wrestling sheets, and they put them underneath the right topic for you. So if you want to learn about WWE, you can. NXT, you can. AEW, you can. And they also have a lot of pods there. If you want to search or go to the search bar, look for us. We're Go Home Heat. If you want to look for anything else, please enjoy these guys. They're great. If you want to go to more, click on uh, TV and events, and they will have a segment, a section there, which is a calendar to let you know what the events are of the upcoming week, whether that be New Japan, uh, WWE, uh, MLW, whatever it is. So check that out and enjoy it and go home. (laughs) 